0: As I was studying and praying about today, it is, uh, I don't know, I've had, I've had a lot of different things going through my head this morning, studying it, because so many times we, we don't separate the truth, God's Word, from religion. And so many times religion can become more of the truth than the Word. And what happens, there are times that many Christians get intimidated by science and reasoning, and the intimidation comes from lack of knowledge. Um, And please hear my heart as I teach today. It's not at you, it's to you so that we can communicate the, the, the importance of knowing the Word. I don't know why it's, I'm so emotional. Um, but we can't be intimidated by science and reasoning. We have to stand on God's Word. And we have to study the Word. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten the Word so that where we are in our intellect, we can understand it to put it into our DNA and, and who we are. And we have to separate religion from the truth. And the truth is the Word of God. God's voice is the Word of God. And so we have to stand on the foundational beliefs of what your foundation is. I can't, I can't stand on your foundation, and nor can you stand on mine. We're, we're all in different places right now. So we have to continue to be building our foundation but we have to make so we have to take such care with our foundation and guard it because the enemy is coming to steal kill and destroy he's trying to break down your 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 mere foundation if he can get just one thing to crumble then all of a sudden he can break you down and that's because we have built sometimes we have built who we are on religion and not the Word of God. And so, so many times, you know, we want to separate things with a science and reasoning, and we want to separate that. We may not do it cognizantly. We may do it subconsciously. But sometimes we will separate those things. Sometimes it's just because we don't understand it. We don't understand how powerful God is. We don't understand how he can do that, because I personally haven't seen it. But there's so many things that you have personally seen in your own life, but you don't recognize it as the power of God. And that's because sometimes religion can crowd our thoughts of what the truth is. There are times that you've probably wondered about Adam and Eve, Noah, the ark, Moses, parting of the Red Sea, all these things, because you personally didn't see it. But we have to to stand on the word and understand it's in here, it's written, it's the truth. It's the unfallible truth. Nothing has ever been done to disprove any of this. Without getting into detail, you know, the scientific world has been trying to disprove certain things in the Bible for years and years and years. They come up with carbon dating. That was, a, that was the scientist cure all, fix all to now we can combat religion. That was their platform. And now, radiocarbon dating is kind of disintegrated. Because there's so many factors that they didn't factor in, they had to put a curve in there. Well, when they found out the curve, because atmospheric changes, heat, everything affects radiocarbon, now all of a sudden, their data is all skewed. They have even admitted sometimes they may be off as much as 19 years, 199 years, 200 years. Sometimes they don't have a question. Why? Because they tried to disprove something that cannot be disproved. So we have to we don't we we don't run from science, we don't run from reasoning, but we have to combat that with the word and the knowledge of God. This never changes. But one of the things we have to understand is our understanding of this is changing. Because the one thing about the living word is, is so fascinating that the more we study it and the more we get into it, the more we know of it. and it's like you add to it every day and that's that's the most fascinating thing about the word' it, it, it's, it's just it's like, oh man, we talk about this you know when when the, when the scientists tried to disprove the building of the ark there there was a company that built the ark. A replica scale model. They put it in the test tanks that they test Navy warships. They couldn't sink it. Things that sank every warship ever developed would not sink the Ark. Here's a wave, it's 300 feet tall. The battleship US Alabama, done. The Ark. Still floating, still upright. Well, let's hit it from the side. It's still upright. Why? Because the Word of God. So we, we don't separate those two. We have to put those together. Sometimes as a Christian, we, and I say we, not you, but we don't have the confidence in the boldness because our lack of faith. And the lack of faith comes sometimes from lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge comes from lack of study. So we can't be afraid of these things. We can't look at these things as myths and legends. They're the truth. Are. Confidence in boldness has to come from your faith. Comes from the faith in who you are in Christ, not you who you are and what you've accomplished. There's there, there such a fine line there. But when Lisa and I first met, she didn't really like me because she just thought I was this self, just this egotistical maniac just stuck up, thought the world revolved around me and all that kind of stuff. And and basically back then it did. But um, I used to say things like, I am just confident in who I am. She said, no, you're just a cocky jock. You think you own the world. I'm like, no, I do because my father gave it to me. But, you know, there again, there's a fine line. But we have to have that confidence and who we are because of him, not anything that we've done. There is a difference, big difference. And when you understand that, then all of a sudden your confidence, your boldness comes up. But what happens when you have that one thing that someone asks you about that you don't know the answer to? Do you lose your boldness? Does it make your faith waver? Or do you go back and get into the Word and study it? See, there's there's the problem. So many times we we begin to let these other voices take precedence over our knowledge of the Word. You know, Lisa and I have talked to hundreds of parents. Kids are getting ready to graduate high school. They're afraid to let their child go to college. Because of what they're going to be bombarded with in college. Well, if you've prepared your children based on the word of God, not religion, not what you think, not your opinion, the word of God, the word of God, guess what? It doesn't matter. We we told both of our daughters growing up, we pumped this into them and pumped this into them. They both went to Christian uh, Christian colleges, but we told them both, you need to understand when you get there, you will be challenged. Your faith is going to be challenged. Well, we're going to a spirit-filled Pentecostal college. Your faith will be challenged. They all have biases towards religion, not the word. All of them. You better know what you believe and know where to go and get it to, to maintain your faith, your boldness, and your integrity, <clears throat> but our faith has to be determined upon the word of God. I'm trying to think it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say some things. They may sound harsh, but I don't want them to sound harsh. I, I want them to be like a wake-up sentence, something that will get your attention. Because if, if, if we don't get, something doesn't get our attention, we, we get lackadaisical. We, we just, just, we're not challenged in our faith. We're not challenged in our boldness. And so, so many times, when we have when we are afraid, children are doing things, when we're doing things, you know, in fields like biology, medicine, psychology, physics, we have a a, a a sense of losing, a fear of losing our faith if we study these things. It's not true. The problem with this is that people have a faith built on a religious experience on a religious experience that somehow has become separate from reason no, you can't do that we've we we embrace cultural relativism which results in a weakened diminished view of the scripture. We have to get this in our DNA. We have to get it. We have to understand it. We have to do whatever it takes. But Christianity is truth. And we all know the truth is the word of God, right? Those two words are the same. I don't want to talk Christianese. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. But our Christian, but Christ, our Christianity, is based on the truth, not a religion. And we have to be so careful that those lines don't get mur- just do not get murky, because once they become murky, they become dark. And then all of a sudden, we're defending a religion, we're not defending Christianity. And, and so we have to we have to get into the truth. And the truth is the word, the word, the word. We've got to get in the word, and the word will stand on its own. Every time. <clears throat> when we As an individual, I'm I'm going to rephrase that, when you, I like that word better because when I say we, we all look at that collectively, but there again, we, we are all not on the same page. We are all not at the same place in our spiritual walk. We all don't have the same foundation, okay? So I'm going to rephrase that, you, and you applies to me as well. You have to have the divine inspiration to truthfulness and the authority that's in this word, both Old and New Testament in its entirety as the only, the only written word of God that's without error and affirms everything that's in here. Because if we get to studying other people's writings, then we get off of the true word of God, and then it becomes someone's opinion or someone's religion or someone's religious belief trying to be imposed as biblical belief, and it's not the same. Key issues as an individual Christian as we live in society we cannot allow tolerance and accommodations to weaken our faith and to weaken our witness, no matter what. I was talking to one of our board members Friday. He just got back from Nepal. And he was beside himself. He said, oh, it was like I was walking In the book of Acts, in Nepal, the church, the Christians are new, first generations. They're being persecuted. There are laws written in Nepal that if you convert anyone to Christianity, it's five years in jail without a trial. You have to understand the significance of five years. In Nepal, if you commit a murder, you get five years in jail. The same sentence. If you baptize someone in Nepal, water baptized, it's three years in jail. So Dwayne told me, he said, they got ready to baptize 25 people after a service they did, and they had them sign a piece of paper. Think about this. It said, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior of my own free will. No one converted me. I made the decision to accept Christ. Therefore, today, I am submitting to God alone to be baptized in water to make me a new creature. Knowingly, listen, knowingly, It will bring persecution to me and my household. Could bring imprisonment to me and my household and even death. But I commit today, today's date, and they sign it. How many of you would sign that today if we fill the baptistry up? Dwayne... He he could not hardly even communicate how that impacted him. He said their commitment to God was so strong, it made me feel insignificant. Because of their boldness of hearing the word for the first time, accepting Christ, knowingly I could be beaten, imprisoned, or killed because of my profession of faith today boldness it comes from only the truth in the word so have we weakened our faith and our witness by compromising to things in our culture do you really stand up for the truth do you speak the truth do you know the truth are you studying the truth I was. I debated this morning about reading the scriptures or just giving them to you, and I'm going to do both, because I think it's important that we not only write these scriptures down and you as an individual go back and study them, but read them out loud. Psalms 19, 7 through 11, and this is the New Living Translation. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living, living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever forever. The laws of the Lord are true. each one is fair. they are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. they are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the cone. They are a warning to your servant. That would be you if you are conf- if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. that's you. I am a servant of God, so are you. <clears throat> but they are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. We cannot be religious and take parts of this out. Well, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm just not going to obey that. You know, this, this page, oh, what is it? Oh, oh, yeah, page 864. Don't, don't agree with that. Not going to obey that. Really? Psalms 19 says a great reward for those who obey. Page 864. You can't remove it. Psalms 119, 9 through 11. This is NLT as well. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying the word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Here is such a key scripture. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. How do you hide something in your heart? You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to believe it. It's got to become part of your DNA. Because we have a lot of stuff in our head. Not all of it gets to our heart. Let that sink in for a second. I know a lot of people with great head knowledge. I know people that have head knowledge of the word that will make your head spin, but they have no heart knowledge, zero, and their life is a reflection of it. John one one and two. And this is the Holman Christian. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was God in the beginning. The Word from the beginning. God. First <clears throat> Corinthians six nineteen and twenty. This is New Living Translation. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. See, so many people want to stop right there because that was a question. There's a question mark there. God's asking you, do you realize your body is a temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you, was given to you by God? Do you realize that? Question mark. The next part says, you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You got to get, let that sink in. Your body is all of you, mind, soul, body reactions, everything. This is not belong to me no longer. Before I was a Christian, this belonged to me. No more. No more. John, before I jump in there, the reality and the authority of God's word are directly tied into the fact that God and His Word are one. Let that sink in for a second. They are one. One. 1 John 1 1 through 5. The Apostle John states that God and his word are one and the same. Genesis 1:26 says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Here, God refers to himself as plural, which makes the reference to the deity as a triune being: God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Spirit. That is why it is possible for the scriptures to say, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. We have to get that, that, that has to be our DNA, that's not a, a religious belief, that is Bible, that's the truth, that's God. When we understand that, it makes the Bible unique among all other spiritual books. This stands alone. God's word, that God and his word are one, it also disproves the truthfulness and reliability of other so-called spiritual books. Like the Book of Mormon. In Hinduism, there's two different books that they put as reference above the Bible. It's their Bible. Like the Book of Mormon. The Koran. Another example. These books claim to be enlightened to introduce special revelation. Those revelations were given to man, not God. They're not in here. So they're not of God because God was the Word. He is the Word. And so this is the only revelation, the only spiritual book, the only spiritual guideline. This is it. No other. All other were written by man. And that's why we have to have such a distinction between the truth, the word, and religion, even within the Christian community. So many times the Christian community is not fighting over different stuff of the word. We're trying to prove each other each other wrong about how they conduct a church service. Which is asinine, beyond belief, that you would argue that, well, y'all have musical instruments. Y'all don't. You don't do this, you don't do that. What does the word say? Stand on the truth of the word. I don't know about you, but make a joyful noise noise to the Lord requires musical instruments. I've been in a lot of Church of Christ churches. Not a lot beautiful about that, unless you're in the a cappella singing. And if you are, awesome. But it doesn't make your church right and this one wrong. The number one thing is, what are we all doing together? We're trying to grow the kingdom of God. Matthew 24, 14, until all have heard, Christ is not coming back. Guess what? If you really, 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 really want to see Christ return, then be a doer of the word. When all have heard, not all have converted, and are members of Restoring Hope Church, or First Baptist Church down the road, or the Church of Christ down the road there, not all members, but have heard the Word of God, have been given an adequate presentation of Jesus Christ, guess what? Christ will will return. It says so right here. People all the time say, well, we don't know when Christ is going to come back. Yes, we do. When all have heard. And sometimes hearing comes from their cell phone when they download a version of the Bible, and there's a sermon in there talking about Jesus Christ and how you accept Jesus. And they're somewhere in a country far away, and they hear it, and they give their life to Christ. But they didn't sign this piece of paper and turn it into Pastor Aaron. Doesn't matter. We have to understand the truth. It's contained in this word. The final proof of the authority of God's Word is the fact that Jesus Christ, who is the Word, resurrected from the dead. No other religious teacher in the history of the world has ever conquered death. Ever. Not one. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, which proves once and for all that the ultimate power and authority and credence of the Bible It's true. It's it. That's it. The resurrection. James 18.37. I'm going to read this in two different versions because both of them are very impactful. The first one is the New Living Translation. Pilate said, he said this, okay? He's looking at Jesus. So you are a king? Question mark. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth, to this, the truth. All who love the truth recognize that I am who I say I am. I am the truth. The Holman Christian says, You are a king then, Pilate asked. You say I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this. I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice, and God's voice is the word of God. So how many times do we need to hear in one scripture the the voice of God? I see you pointing at your watch, baby, I got it. I'm two minutes over. This is it my helpmate, James 1, 22, but don't listen, excuse me, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself, let that one sink in for a minute, I didn't say it, God's word said it, you're fooling yourself, As I was studying this morning, I was reading from a friend of mine. He, he breaks down the word, just very analytical and, and, and simple. And, he, and this popped up. It's, it says, what is truth? The answer given divides the world. Because scientists, psychologists want to say the truth is something else, like two plus two is four, is the truth. The division comes when Christians, the truth is the written word of God. And so it divides the world. And it was, and, and this is so ironic, and it said, and it was the question that Pilate asked Jesus on the day of his trial. Pilate, a Roman, steeped in Greek thought, would have understand truth to be a concept ever-changing. But Jesus would point to himself and declare he was the truth. Because Pilate was looking from it from an intellectual standpoint, and at that point, the truth is what the truth I say it is, because I am the head, Pilate. The question divides the world, Those who believe the truth is conceptual, ever-changing, never to be fully known, and all others who know that Jesus himself is the truth. The world embraces relativism so that the truth is ever-evolving, speculative, and adaptive. And this is the ideology that rules in the world. But for believers to know the truth is to know Jesus better. So truth is a person, not an idea. Father, we just thank you for the time that we've had to come and to share the truth, to share your word. That Father, my prayer is that this week we can get into the word and, and study this out even further and understand what the truth is in our life. Father, what are we doing for the kingdom that it will motivate us to do more for the kingdom that we will become on fire and we will speak to everyone we come in contact with that our focus will be on growing ourselves in the truth, the word of God, and also then in turn giving the truth to others. And we just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus name. Amen.